Welcome to Short Course, episode 55, for March 29th, 2019. I'm your host, Ben Barry. This weekend is the South Carolina State USPSA Championship, and I'll be shooting in production division. And I thought it would be good to talk about going into it, what my mindset is, and what my what my preparation has been in the past couple of weeks, such as it is. And I think that's really where this discussion has to start, which is to say that the preparation for level two is not ideally what I would want it to be. I've been I've been getting in a lot of live fire, but for the amount of changes that I've been making to my technique this year, I have not been putting in the dry fire that I would have liked. That's not to sort of talk down on myself, but it's just it's just a statement of fact. And I think that any good performance, at least my way of looking at it is, any any good performance fundamentally has to come from a place of not trying to deceive yourself. An example of trying to deceive yourself is saying, well, as long as I get in a lot of dry fire like the week before the match, then I should be good. I'll, I'll get I'll get everything figured out. And and I, I don't think that's the case. I think if you want to make improvements, if you want to get your skill to a good level, then you have to, you, everything has to be sort of in sync. You can't have, you can't be really trying to do no dry fire and then all of a sudden just hammer it in and it's like cramming the night before the exam. It doesn't, it doesn't work. Overall, you're going to have a better performance on the final exam if you study throughout the semester, so to speak. So given that that I am in the position I am, the, the first thing that I'm trying to do is just be realistic about it. Not to be self-deprecating, not to have a negative self-image about it, but just to look objectively at, at where I'm at and say, I have these skills, I have these techniques, this is, this is how fast I can be, but trying to say, well, I need to be better, I need to be this fast, and, and arbitrarily put a standard on myself and say, I have to shoot at a certain level if I, have, if I want to have a chance at winning this weekend, it's not going to work. And so doing it is pointless. And in fact, I would say it's actively counterproductive. It will, trying to hold myself to an unrealistic standard is going to give me a worse performance than, than what I'm doing. That's my belief. That's my contention. And so coming into it, I'm, I'm looking at it as the fact that, first of all, I am getting in dry fire where I can this week. Uh, I've also shot uh, an indoor match uh, during this week, which was good in that the main thing that I took away from it was just that everything is pretty much dialed in with my technique. Everything isn't necessarily as fast or as flawless as I would like it to be, but it was it was a good confidence builder. Everything just kind of flowed. When I put the, the right level of emphasis on planning the stages and executing them, my plans went according to plan. The gun behaved roughly the way I wanted it to behave. When I tried to address the issues coming out of the, the ones that I talked about uh, last week on the podcast, specifically regarding reloads and staying staying in the match to the very end. Both of those things went well at this match. Now, you know, it was only three stages, so I could I could try and write that off, but I'm but I'm looking at it. I, I don't think that's a productive mindset of saying, oh well, you know, that's only three stages. I I, I I tried to put the pressure into those three stages of an indoor match and use it as a as a training exercise. And I think it went well. I actually I, I was I was quite happy with how I shot. And so it's just a good confidence boost going into going into Saturday. I mean, no matter what had happened, pretty much, if, if something, if the, if I had discovered some deficiency, realistically speaking, it's it's too late to fix anything at a at a subconscious level, at a at a sort of high level of performance. At best, if there were some kind of significant issue that I discovered about 
maybe when I'm drawing the gun and pulling the double action first shot, I'm shanking the shot low left really bad. I'm not, but if that were an example, then that would just be an example of something that I would have to consciously work into my stage plans because there there's not time in the three days between when I shot that match and when I shoot the, the South Carolina match to work out those problems and, and make it subconscious. And so best case in that scenario is not trying to pretend like, oh, if I just dry fire the heck out of something, I can, I can fundamentally change my technique in three days because I can't not, not at the level that I, I'm tempted to say not at the level that I'm at, but I don't think really anybody can not, not on that short of a, of a time frame. Now, if you are, if you are a newer shooter, if you don't practice a lot, if you find yourself very consciously sort of following a checklist during a stage, then, then you're probably shooting in a, in a very conscious mind style, I guess you could say, or a conscious mindset. And the, the good news of that, I suppose, is that is that the, that is fairly easy to change, is, is you just reprogram that. And then as you're going through the stages shooting, you can make those conscious changes. Now, ideally, when, when I'm shooting a stage, and, and I think to shoot a stage at your best, it has to be subconscious. You can't be thinking specifically about in the moment, how you want things to feel or how you want things to look. You you add all those elements into your, visual, into your visualization, and then when they happen, the, the outcome is good. But you can't at each moment be saying, okay, grip the gun. All right, I got the gun gripped. Now pull the trigger. Okay, that was a good trigger pull. Okay, recover the sights. Okay, I recovered the sights well. Okay, pull the trigger again. It's just too slow. Now, if you don't have the subconscious skill, that's the best you can do. And you you should not, to go back to the earlier point, you shouldn't try and do more than you than you currently can. So if that's if that's where you're at in your in your skill building, that's the best you can do. And don't don't try and lie to yourself. Don't try and shoot at a level that you're not at. But for me, if I were to discover a deficiency and I needed to make a conscious change, then it would be sort of the the exception to to the rest of my stage planning. But for me, the good news is that my process is mostly working. Yes, there is there is more work to make it sub more subconscious, and and I can continue to to practice these things as the season goes on, and I'm looking forward to doing that now that I feel like I have specific things to work on, and I'm actually making progress in specific areas. That that's actually becoming more rewarding and more motivating. So it's <laughs> when I when I look back on the season, I feel like it's sort of the the process of of sort of starting a cold engine. About I had to put in the work in practice to start seeing progress to start giving me more motivation to practice, to start seeing more gains, to, to sort of get the, get the virtuous cycle spun back up again. And so I'm, I'm getting to a point where that's going and I'm actually looking forward to practice and I feel like I, I know what to look for and I'm, I'm making progress. And so that's exciting. And right now the issue is just finding the time given a, a number of deadlines at work to actually put in the, the time in dry fire. But the good news is I have gotten to, to shoot quite a number of rounds in live fire in the past couple of weeks at, at indoor matches, outdoor matches and, and practice sessions. So that part of the, the, the practice cycle is, is working, but that's just sort of confirming that what I'm doing is working and, and giving me more things to work on in dry fire, but I'm just not keeping it. It's sort of an unbalanced wheel at this point. And, and that's just something I, I need to work on, but that's where I'm at. And I know that going in. And so I'm not going to be trying to push. I'm not going to be trying to set a any kind of arbitrary performance standard. I'm not going to be beating myself up because I'm too slow. Because I I, I know where I'm at and I know what it would take to get better. And I would like to do that work, but it, I just I haven't had the time to do it, and I haven't done it. And that's fine. That's that's where I'm at. And I think going into the match with that level of contentedness will let me shoot 
as close to that sort of theoretical 100% maximum of where I am today, you know, what Steve Anderson would call current level of skill. I think being at peace with that is is one of the keys to unlocking that performance on match day. If you if you're always going in saying, yeah, my draw is slow, my reloads suck, and my splits are slow, but I'm going to really try and hammer it down and, and knock it out today. Like, no, no, that's that's not going to work. When you put that that level of pressure on yourself to perform above where you think you can, to, to, to deliver, or even to deliver at, say, your best out of 10 type run. So if you can set up El Prez and your your best run out of 10 is to is to shoot it in five seconds or whatever. Not really important what the numbers are. But then thinking that your cold run on match day, your first attempt is going to be that, is is unrealistic. And and trying to set that as what you expect of yourself is only setting yourself up for disappointment when you don't perform at that level at, at each sequential stage. And so so I'm I'm letting that go. And I'm taking the 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 few sort of targeted things from the last few matches and building those into sort of a an overall sort of day-long plan, you know, particularly about keeping focus as the match goes on and that sort of thing, like I talked about last week. And just having a, a few very sort of targeted, conscious mind things to execute during the stage, but not be conscious of them during the stage, but things to program into into the visualization. So for example, one of them that that has been a bit of an eye-opener in practice recently and that I've seen good results in and matches is just taking a finer, more detailed view of shot calling and not trying to call shots, even even at sort of medium distances, seven to 10 yards or so, not trying to call shots just based on the, the position of the fiber. And what I've found is even when the, the gun isn't totally settling, I'm not getting a sort of hard sight picture, not really trying to take a really aimed shot, but just instead of trying to call the shots based on the position of the red fiber in recoil as the as the gun's moving, really more focusing on the top of the blade of the front sight, which is where I know that my sights are zeroed, but trying to call shots based on that, just by by sort of taking a finer point of focus and not not just calling on where the red orb was, but where that really fine line was. And I'm finding that even when I am shooting Charlies, I'm calling them better. And I know that they happened and I'm just kind of letting it go. I mean, if we, if, if I can toot my own horn for, for just a minute, I think I'm still quite happy about the, the match, uh, two weeks ago at Carolina guns and gear, where I shot the whole thing with only 17 Charlies for the day, which was, I, I think, I mean, I can't remember the last time I did that. I don't know if I've ever done it. Shoot a match without any mics, any deltas, um, and, and be, you know, 95% of points shot. Yeah, like that's pretty good. And that tells me that that using this this other type of shot calling and just paying that little bit extra bit of attention is working. Now, the trick is not to be consciously looking for that during stages, but but building that in to visualization and just building that into how I how I approach the stages that that's what I'm looking for is I'm calling the shots not based on the fiber, but based on the, the top of the blade. And so every time I'm visualizing through a stage or visualizing a, a target presentation, mentally my focus is going to be at, on the top of that blade not just oh yeah there's the sight picture there's the middle of the target yeah yeah whatever so that's that's one thing that that's going into the visualizations and then the other is tying into what i've been talking about with sort of knowing so i've been making some changes in my technique 
And I know that I know I know that they work. At least I I feel improvements from them. And I know what they should feel like when I do them right. So in particular things like the way I'm gripping the gun, where my where my weak hand is sitting on the gun relative to my strong hand, how how my finger is sitting on the trigger, the the sort of muscle tension in my hand as I'm as I'm pulling the trigger, particularly with the the double action first shot. I, I sort of have a, a checklist in my mind of how all those things should feel. And so as I'm visualizing through, visualizing the feeling of each of those into into the stage plan. Now I'm not going to when I'm actually executing it, you know, stop, consciously check. Okay, yep, grip is there. Okay. Sights are aligned. Okay. Pull the trigger. Okay. Like I talked about earlier. I'm not going to do that. But by by sort of visualizing and incorporating those elements into into the visualization, into the the movie of the stage, so to speak, when it comes time, I find that I that those those will those will show up if I put the intention in there and put the focus and and program my body or my mind or however you want to look at it, that that's what the goal is, is when the gun comes up on the target, this is the way the grip should feel. In particular, trying to think of that as a series of, of sort of serial operations, one after another, done in a particular order. And so it may only be one or two tenths of a second between each thing where I feel one thing with my right hand and then the left hand comes in and then they're together and then my finger's on the trigger and it's pulling the double action shot. All of those aren't, aren't separated by enough time to sort of have a conscious loop to confirm that they're happening, but programming them almost, almost like pipelining them so that each one happens right after the other without waiting for confirmation, but just so they all happen in sequence. Because that is something that I've found, particularly when I make technique changes, but even when I don't, when I'm trying to reliably and consistently perform good technique is that the best things happen when you're trying to do one thing at a time very quickly. And so, for example, one of the the changes that I've been working on in dry fire, and, and I will be going into my visualizations for the match, is making sure that I have my grip totally established before I start working the double action trigger. And this is this is an easy habit to skip over because it is very tempting to kind of get your finger on the on the double action trigger and start putting some pressure on it and you know take up two or three pounds of the I mean my guns are probably seven or eight pound double action trigger pulls. It, it's tempting to, to get an early start on that. But what I found is that it actually ends up taking it, it's not any faster to start working the trigger earlier and it results in worse grip mechanics because I'm sort of trying to do two things two things at once. I'm trying to start pulling the trigger while I'm also establishing my left hand grip. And what I've found subjectively is that if I can get both hands on the gun, locked in, get the grip 100%, then pulling the double action doesn't take very long and doesn't take a lot of focus to get right because the gun is so locked in that it doesn't really have anywhere to go. And so trying to focus on getting the grip established, then work the double action and and trusting the fact from practice and and from experience that that's actually that actually ends up being faster or if not necessarily faster just more reliable it's a better technique it ends up being roughly the same speed on the clock but the results are consistently better i'm not um either pulling the shots off as i'm sort of sloppily trying to pull through the double action or i end up with a better grip for a multiple target engagement because i locked in the grip before i started to work the trigger that kind of thing and I'm applying the same thing to addressing the issues I mentioned on a previous podcast with my reloads about trying to make sure to to 
grab the magazine correctly and then bring it to the gun and not just slam it in, but you know, do do all these little micro steps that I that that I have in my mind. I almost can't even verbalize them, but I have sort of the feeling of the way each step should feel, and then at each step, programming that into the pipeline so that it it happens in sequence. And I'm only doing one thing, but I'm doing one thing in a row very quickly. So that's the focus because my skills aren't built to the point where I can just trust that, oh yeah, my reloads are good. And I don't know that they ever really have been. I don't know that I've ever really had subconscious skill to that level. To me, when a skill really becomes subconscious, it's more that I can just feel it intuitively and it's almost like a a, a like a slinky going down a, a set of steps, for lack of a better term. It's like, one thing, and then the next thing, and then the next thing, and then the next thing, and they just flow naturally. And it's not that I can just say, oh yeah, I just reload the gun, as though it's one atomic action. You know, the better I've, I get in the sport, the more detail, the more nuance I see in every action, whether it's hand placement on the magazine during the reload, or or little tweaks to the, the, the angle of my wrist during a reload. It, it, those, as I've gotten better, I've come to appreciate finer and finer details there. And, and those never really go away. But when I have a breakthrough, it's usually in understanding better what a good example of that technique feels like. So when it goes right, what it feels like. And so I'm not trying to be fast. I'm, I'm trusting that I will execute these, these techniques in order quickly. But I'm, I'm really trying to put aside any expectation of speed and visualize in correctness and trust that if I do each step correctly, it will be done as fast as my practice and myelin and subconscious skill and whatever you want to call it, that, that the speed will be provided by that. And that as long as I do each step correctly in sequence, then that will produce the best result with sort of the level of subconscious skill that I have going into this match. One thing I wanted to mention here at the bottom of the show is the fact that the North Carolina section match for 2019 has been scheduled. It has been approved. And that's, um, that's a good thing. Uh, it was it was looking like the we might not have a, a place to hold the match this year. The the club that held it uh, like two and three years ago isn't able to, to host it this year just due to manpower problems. And the club that hosted it last year is having trouble with their neighbors, and so they didn't want to they they couldn't necessarily commit to having a match in October when they weren't sure what the the state of the range was going to be. And so we ended up actually what I think is is a really good outcome. And the match is actually going to be back at Sir Walter Gun Club where where for me it feels like a return to form. So when I when I first shot the state match in 2013 all the way through 2015, it was the state match, it was at Sir Walter in October every year. It was just it was just the way it was. It was just kind of assumed it was central to the state. It was a good facility. They put on good stages. The the staff were all professional and well-trained and, and everything just flowed smoothly. And without going into too much detail, the, the 2015 match ended up getting quite a bit of rain. It wasn't a hurricane, but it was just very rainy. And the range surface ended up getting torn up quite a bit, and the club was pretty unhappy with that. And so they they basically made made it so I mean we could keep having the club match, but they they made it pretty clear that they that, that the the state match was not super welcome. And so it went to Rowan for two years, which was good. That's a great club and I, I love shooting there and having the state match there was a good excuse because I don't I don't get to go down there and shoot their club match as often as I'd like. 
But things have turned over since then, and the, the board of Sir Walter did, did approve the request by the North Carolina section coordinator, who is also my wife, uh, to host the match there. And so she's been hard at work getting the, the logistics lined up for that. And that's, you know, as, as a competitor, I'm, I'm happy about that. I, and I think it's good for the section. I think it's a, it's a good home for the, for the state match. It, it just, I don't know, it just feels right to me. I mean, Sir Walter is the first place I ever shot a USPSA match. It's the the first level two that I shot. So it, it I don't know, it feels like, it feels like the return of the good old days to me to, to have the, the match there. So the dates for the match are October 4th through 6th. So it's the first weekend in October, which is the same weekend that Sir Walter traditionally has their club match. So it was a, it was a natural extension just to use that weekend that's already reserved for setting up and then running the club match to, to use the, for the state match again, October. It's, it's just sort of always, it was just tradition that that was a good, it's a good month. It's usually not too, too hot. And it worked out this year because nationals is actually low cap nationals. The nationals I'm going to be at is and a good number of people around here, I imagine. Uh, Low-cap nationals is the first weekend in November, and so that pretty much just left the options of September and October and weighing the the trade-offs. It sounds like October won out, which is a little bit unfortunate because that is actually the same weekend that the Virginia State match is happening about three and a half hours away in, in Fredericksburg. Definitely, Definitely not ideal, but they, they actually already had their registration open, and, and it looks like they've uh, managed to, to fill their spot. So luckily, it looks like that match is, isn't going to have any trouble filling up. And I think they've also got a number of uh, staff already volunteered to, to work. So I think I think we should end up being okay. Um, you know, obviously not a perfect situation, but I think I think both matches will will be able to get along okay. It definitely, I I would be surprised if the if the North Carolina match doesn't sell out, just because it's it's. It's not going to be a particularly large match. It's you know ten stages. I think there's going to be three different schedules for for shooters outside of the the staff day. So it'll probably sell it. Honestly, if anything, um, the the main thing that if you're interested in in helping out, I think the main thing that this match will really would really appreciate is staff, uh, just because traditionally a lot of the the staff, you know, the for example, the people that that when I worked the 2013. Or sorry, when I worked the 2014 and 2015 NC sections, uh, I, I I was just a shooter in 2013. But when I worked in 2014 and 2015, a lot of the folks that that worked the match as well were some of the folks from Virginia, which does have a a, a strong pool of experienced ROs and and good staff. And presumably they'll be they'll be shooting the Virginia match. So if you're interested in working your first match, there's going to be a level one range officer class end of May and a CRO class at the beginning of June, somewhere in North Carolina. I think the plan is to have it somewhere central, but the the logistics are still being worked out for exactly when and where that's going to happen. But all that info, once the the classes are nailed down and the the registration is open for that, all that'll be at at ncsection.org/staff. And so come get certified. Even if you're not certified, we can still use the help. But a a match like this is it's really a, a testament to the the quality of the people that that work it and it's always important to be replenishing that supply so even if you've never worked a match before we can get you certified even if you're not certified you know sign up to help and and we'll find you know we we always need more we'll, we'll always need more help so like i said that information will be up on the the nc section website in the in the coming weeks 
And then registration for the match will be open in April. And hopefully anybody who can hear this, you can come shoot with us. It should be, it should be a pretty good match. Well, that wraps up this episode of Short Course. I post my match videos online at youtube.com slash USPSA. If you want to support the podcast, consider buying a shirt at berryshooting.com slash shop. My email is podcast at berryshooting.com. Talk to you next time.